the Sharks unveil a brand new jersey and end up playing with fire in the game they bring it out in. Also celebrating a nice new, hopefully, Lunar New Year. (laughs) We'll talk about all that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the conversation, chat with us and all your fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Check us out across the social media channels, being the YouTube chat, the X Machine, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Discord, Reddit, and all the shenanigans going down on TikTok. Check out all that and more at Teal Town USA. Of course, if you want to throw some love for the pod over at Venmo at Teal Town USA, we always appreciate it. And you know it goes to the Eric Get New Internet Fund. (laughs) That being said, I am happy to be joined by Mr. Felix Chow. Felix, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? Well, let's just say uh, the Sharks know how to uh, put on an epic epic tragedy. That's for sure. And uh, know how to do it in style (laughs) with some new threads. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Sharkies end up losing a heartbreaker with 12 seconds left, uh, a 4-3 to three, uh, in regulation loss. And really, I mean, the Sharks played uh, sloppy and mistake-filled first where they were playing with fire but didn't get burned, got burned a little bit uh, towards the end of the first and came back and was able to kind of get everything squared off in the second and, uh, you know, do some do some good work in the third to keep it tied up till the very dying seconds and Boone Jenner with the dagger 12 seconds late and, uh, of course, the Sharkies go home sad with the, uh, with the L on the new threads. But, uh, Felix, overall, how you're doing this evening and uh, what's your initial impressions on the game? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Um, I my initial impressions are well. I mean, he, that first period was what the hell? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like you. This I I believe Drew Amanda said early on that the Sharks were lucky to be tied at one. Like when when uh, Wierenski scored that one uh, tying goal, um, and. Um, yeah, and I completely agree. That was that was just like to me the the Sharks did not unlike that Calgary game. Um, they did not manage the puck well. They turned it over. They were loose in the neutral, neutral zone a lot of times. And when you have, <laughs> I mean, that's just a recipe for six for 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 failure. Disaster. Not, yeah. Disaster. Right. Yeah. And then, and then. Um, but of course, despite all that, Duclair, um, you know, making it one zero. Do you want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like we had said, I mean, it was it was pretty action packed and exciting in that first. Um, we saw Anthony Duclair come out three minutes and thirty nine seconds into the game and get a breakaway, and you know, able to tuck it in. And you know, Dukey has been doing such a great job this this season, and I and I cannot. Um, tell you how impressed I've been with his work ethic. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple games where the whole team's kind of taken off, but, you know, one of those good core 
glue guys that you want to have in the organization. You want to have kids learn from. So good to good to see the Duke get on on the board and, and get rewarded for some hard work and and show the kids. You know that even when you have two of your your top players out, you know you still put in the effort and still put in the work. Unfortunately, though, I mean we have to talk about just the amount of chances and and mm. the high danger situations yeah. in which the Sharks defense put Capo Kakinen in that first and you know and end up getting a Zach Wawinski goal 15 15 16 in in the first and they tie it up and eventually going on the on the go ahead with Marshenko and you know him getting uh, Columbus up 2 2 to 1 basically a minute and change later right Right, and that was a release by Marchenko to his credit. But like, and you could argue that Kako may have wanted that one, that one back. But like again, that's that's a shot that, you know, I I really like just again the release that Marchenko had, and uh, obviously that um, that ended up with that goal. But also um, Johnny Goudreau, like with two consecutive breakaways but even before those two blue jacket goals like one how <laughs> well, uh, okay well on the first one right i mean how did he not get the goal and apparently sorry apparently uh, and i was looking on uh x um just to see like what people were saying about that and apparently um shane Ping said that Kakinen poked it away, perhaps, but I mean, and on second on replay, I was like, I don't know that he poked it away. Maybe just a slight poke, maybe might have influenced it, but that was just wow. Like the Sharks got lucky there, and then the Sharks got lucky again with the second breakaway off the post. Off the post, which yeah, I think the the shot was better on the second yeah. breakaway than the first breakaway, but the move yeah. was nicer on the first breakaway, right. and. Again, you know, we we talk about ways in which to lose and and you can build for the future. And and look, right now we're getting a really good taste of what the future is going to be like sans a hurdle and sans a couture and Mm -hmm. what young pieces that you have. And, and, And I think tonight, you know, we we highlight and we put put a big highlighter dash on on both William Eklund and and Fabian Zetterlin doing you know such great work and and those two in particular I I really see as being key cogs in the next evolution for the team as far as what you build around and you know I, I felt the the creativity I felt the the defensive responsibility by both of those players tonight was very good but we continually circle back and and we we circled it as as a as an area of weakness we 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 said this defense core is literally 32 of 32 i mean there there there's not a worse defense core in the league and we see tonight that the defensive core and the structure is just not up to snuff. It's just not able to weather a second-rate offensive team, you know, and, and keep them to low danger chances. Because the Columbus Blue Jackets had forty-one shots on goal tonight. Yeah, That's... the Columbus Blue Jackets had forty-one shots on goal. Yep, and like, what are we doing, a... guys? Right, and this is a, this is a 
a franchise that has seen its fair share of, uh, you know, um, internal like issues, you know, whether you can talk about the, you know, Babcock being let go, you can talk about just recently Kekalainen, you know, being relieved of his. Oh, not uh, to mention the, the, the Patrick Line, uh, mm-hmm. saga and, yeah. you know, the extensive injuries that the team has had. I mean, this team should not be putting that kind of offensive output on, on any defense in the NHL. It, this it just to me i i think to me this only tells me that a we the the sharks need to i mean it goes without saying that they need to shore shore it up defensively uh a lot and but also they need to so i like i i don't know whether or not they need better players around like you know uh, around Eklund and zetterland or whatever but the puck management is something we've highlighted time and time again, and it's just not there like most nights, you know. And it's that to me is already a concern. Like if you're not managing the puck properly in you know in the modern game, you know we've seen the the disaster that develops into, and you know it's. You, you have to be able to manage the puck. You have to be able to execute. You have to be like we've. How many times have we uh, have we highlighted these these themes, Landy? Uh, the, we we literally started the season saying we need to have these fundamentals of being able to exit your zone cleanly, to be able to protect the puck on the boards within your own zone, to have crisp one to two passes within your zone, and then it needs to be out in the neutral zone already. And we continually see this team, when when a strong forecheck is applied, continually yeah. retreat behind its net to try to regroup. And at that point, once you once you seed meaning meaning once you give up your own defensive blue line and allow two high forwards within the four check press and and make a pincer move on your two backed side defensemen the the forwards have already blown the zone so there's not going to be any help coming Right. And we continually see teams victimize the Sharks with the same approach, either a two high or, dare I say, even a three high forward four check. And you can continually push the Sharks in their own zone for minutes at a time. Right. And here's and we'll get to the the, the one the power play goal uh, that Zetterland would score in, in a in the uh, second period, but. Oh, like for the most part, the power play, and I don't know if you feel the same way. The power play, for the most part this year, it's been, you know, you pass, 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 look for the perfect play, right, and then get the one timer off, or you know, get the try, get the tip, and create havoc. But then it gets the thing is, it teams are gonna read that shit, and it's like, and when they read when they read and intercept it, that just slows the momentum down. And the thing is. Drew Amanda has repeatedly said on broadcasts that, you know, you cannot slow momentum down. And when you are when that when they when the opposition, when it smells that you are on your heels, Mm -hmm. they pounce. They pounce. And and Drew Amanda has used this term time and time again, deliberate, like. 
the Sharks being too deliberate with the puck. You know, it's just going to be like, you know, the PK intercepts the uh, intercepts the pass, or you know, they get the rebound and then they just clear it, and then, you know, it, it's it's just this whole cycle over again. It's just you know, in the inability to to either you know keep the puck in the zone or you know just basically they they need to they need to like just obviously we talk about good shot selection but get a puck on net like and quicker puck move puck quicker puck movements quicker decisions they all of that needs to gel right yeah and 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback off you because we've had this comment kind of posted for a little bit you know it goes to tell you that the back end we, we 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 continually circle and circle and circle the back end is depleted of talent it's devoid Mm -hmm. of talent and spencer brings it up it's not the end of the world if we don't get celebrini because honestly maybe the sharks need to be looking at a defenseman first a a true number one or number number two type defenseman in which like a petra angelo or or a, a a guy in which you can both effectively move the puck out of your own zone but also be able to protect the puck and to be able to be able to weather a storm of a hard forecheck and not feel as if you have to retreat behind your own blue line in order to drive possession forward. And right now, I see it in Ferraro's game. I see it in Vlasic's game. I see it in Thrun's game. Whenever you see a high forward pressuring on these guys, they always peel back first. Their first instinct is to do a pirouette go behind the net, regroup, and wait for more. And like you said, a half, a half, halfway-witted coach in this league is going to see that numerous amounts of times. And what they're end up going to do, what you're end up going to see, is you're actually going to see a forward stationed high before the defenseman go behind. And he's going to park himself right there, and he's going to be in prime position to intercept pucks because it's just exactly the way in which the team uh, regroups in its own zone. And it's 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 something we've seen in David Quinn's system since he's got here. It doesn't it it. I don't know if if that is a a, a, a strategy in which is taught. But to me, the over reliance on the decor for pirouetting in their own zone is just too high. It is just too high, and they, they, they want to buy themselves extra time to make that perfect pass to try and push momentum forward instead of just playing on a little bit more instinct and realizing the the further I get the puck out of my own zone, the less danger Capo is going to have. Right. And and the and because my forwards are already flying high in the zone, I'm gonna already have this built in. Uh, outnumbering force because the Sharks want to play a, they want to play either a one high or a two high for, for check as well, and and so again you're always you're in the Quinn system. I think we've seen a little bit more of a of a laxadaisicalness in the forwards coming back and helping out, right. um, and again I think until. A, a cohesive defensive structure can be put into place that's not only bought into by the defensemen but also by the forwards. I I think you're going to continually see this team pound sand and and 
and not get anywhere. But that being said, let's get into that second period because, mm-hmm. again, it was kind of raucous. You had uh, you you had uh, Veronic scoring uh, at seven fourteen in the second period, and, and then the Sharks would come back with with a pair of goals themselves, and and like I said, you know, do a good job of tying it up and and showing okay you know maybe maybe there's a little bit more resilience in this team i mean and we saw on the duclair goal um mm-hmm. again another breakaway and and when you see zetterlin and addison what did mm-hmm. they do in order to get him on that breakaway they pushed the puck out of the zone quick yeah they, they didn't yeah. think about it it was a one touch pass from the mm-hmm. now i will tell you Thrun did pirouette into his own zone and and regrouped in his own zone like they'd done before. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, instead of making the first pass to his defense partner, he makes the first pass to a to a Zetterland who is already right. in a middle position to accept the pass to then relay to Duclair. And that's the difference of having a forward coming back and supporting your defenseman instead of having your second you, you know the, the 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 second defenseman in the pair come back and right. support his 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 deep partner. So we see this inconsistency and and it drives us nuts because yep. this team is not going to go any farther until they sort themselves out uh, <laughs> on on a fundamental flow of the game. Um, right. So yeah. It's- it, it's sad, but I think you, I think, really liked the the way in which the power play was moving, and I I like the way in which Zetterlin and Granlin have been playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Those two mm-hmm. seem to have some really good chemistry. What did you see on the power play goal that that got you excited, Felix? Um, I saw like really. So it's funny, like before, like the goal, Drew Remender and I have I have this in my notes. He was he, he said something like. You know, Columbus is is applying big pressure on the Sharks, so that means you need to shoot the puck more, or you have to shoot the puck more, and what get it out of his and get it out of his zone quickly. Yep. And what does Zetterlin do? <laughs> Shoots it, it. You the the one touch passing on that yep. play. Yeah. It's like okay, that that is how you you are. I won't say deliberate, but you know where you want the puck to go and you're using your teammates to execute a high skill level play. And when right. it works oh, and you have is. all of the, the 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 players on the same page executing a similar style, you get beautiful things like that Zetterlin goal. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 I- and it's, it's maddening because it's like, damn, that takes a lot of talent to pull that off. I, I can't believe this team with how shitty it is. They still are at a high level to no, enough yeah. to do that. Right. And it, like, I actually have in my notes, like, like Addison, like with the really nice slap pass, like I was like, that's a really, like you said, that's a really nice play, you know, for that, for that, um, for that power play goal. And I was just like, if only they did that more, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if right. only they did something like that more. It's like it's amazing what happens when you make short, um, accurate, quick passes. Right. You know, it's it's amazing when you get a goaltender moving laterally because you're doing you know quick, you know quick movements across, uh, quick touch passes, and you're not giving him enough time to to reset. Like right. that's how you score. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially in this league, I mean, since yeah. 
you know, since the evolution of the butterfly style, I mean, we all know that goaltenders cover the bottom third of the of the right. net better than any other era in, in right. NHL. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think, you know, honestly, the, the butterfly really changed the way in which the game was played. Mm-hmm. But a goaltender is still susceptible to moving left to right if, if, mm-hmm. if you can move it quickly. Right. And a puck... A puck is going to move faster than a man on skates any day. So if you can get mm-hmm. that puck moving quickly, and yeah. and you can use the puck as as your as your vehicle for fast play, right? That's that's how that's how you get those types of goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we like like we had teased before. You know, we we had such great expectations, and then the the team was kind of feeling good. And that second period mm-hmm. had some good mojo going to the third. You know, they they kept it close, and then what happens? You get a defensive retreat. Mm-hmm. You don't stick with a play, yeah. and Boone Jenner scores a. A goal in which I mean Capo has got to have it's it's a horrible five five hole backhand I mean five hole backhand in that amount of time that he had yeah and that's when he he really he has to have he has to have yeah. I mean even and even the the far side the you know the mm-hmm. the far the, the excuse me the six side goal that he had where he was coming cross ice and he was in position to make the goal and it kind of squeaked through. Okay. Yeah. Though you can say the shooter had a good shot, and you can halfway believe it, squinting, but you can't let a goal like yeah. that in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can totally see where you're coming from on that. Like that's that. I, when I saw that goal, I was like, okay. Like again, like, like, like I was saying earlier, I like the release. But to your point, like that's a goal where you. Uh, want to squeeze it up i mean you want to squeeze squeeze the wickets you gotta squeeze them and 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 it trickles through i mean it niemi-esque is all i have to say (laughs) (laughs) and uh and boone jenner would get the uh get the game winning goal four to three and coming at 1947 the dagger um and and really i mean spoils spoils a a pretty good effort um spoils the debut of some new threads and spoils a new year's celebration but you know let's let's put the bow on this one and put it to bed sure. felix mm-hmm. what are your final thoughts on it and what is, what are the sharks got to do to clean this up oh boy um my final thoughts are just on the game not on the show <laughs> oh yeah yeah no my final thoughts on the game are like and here's the thing, like my, it's it, it's funny because my final thoughts on the game are are literally my final thoughts on like most games. Like if I if I did every show this season, like what most games have been, where is the consistency? And like we saw in Calgary, like we, I don't think I, did you expect them to win in Calgary? Because I sure did. No. Like, and they and they freaking somehow Zadina has himself a monster game uh, and. They just light up. Obviously, Dustin Wolf had a rough game, in my opinion, that night. But like, the Sharks showed up that night, and tonight it was. They, the the thing is, they had they had they had the run support tonight. Mm-hmm. They they 
they had a good offensive effort. The defensive effort was just piss poor. And that and right. suspect goaltending, I mean, it's going to nuke you. Yeah. But you, you came away tonight saying, okay, this team didn't dog it. This team, you know. Right. It, it definitely had moments of like they – they showed that they were they could they could be in a fight like they they worked their asses off they they supported each other well when you know when they needed to and you know obviously we saw goals come from it but like like to your point like i think they need i don't know if this how like again i i'm i don't know how uh, how much of this is on coaching but also like they need to figure out like how they're going to be more defensively like essentially and this might be on the coaches too like essentially and i know exactly where you're going with this felix Mm -hmm. we've talked for three plus years about communication on the back end there's not enough talking between defense pairs we've talked for three years on a lack of a good defensive system in their own zone and we've talked about three years of bad habits that the defensemen right. have formed. Now, right. look, I know David Quinn got a crap assignment, and look at the talent that the team has. I I get right. it. I you know you you can only you can only turn crap into crap a so many times. Right. right. Yeah. But at some point, when you're not seeing a cohesive system be implemented and you're still seeing basically six guys being disjointed on a defensive core and not knowing what the fuck each other are doing. That's scary. Cause that's three yeah. years of, of, of the same staff teaching that. So yeah, we don't have the talent right now, but even when we do have the talent, is this the right staff to teach it? I mean, the thing is also like, well, I mean, I think Quinn has what another year left on his contract or something. Oh lord. Yeah, you know what? I mean, he's got another year, and we've got at least another two years of dog shitness. So, you know, at this point, what does it matter? Yeah. But right. And it's- but at least I want a a coach in which can teach some fundamentals to to the young kids in which prospects won't be irreparably broken for their careers that's what i ask for and i i I don't know with the staff that we get that yet but anyhow let's move on to a little bit lighter of a subject um we got new jerseys and i we both looked down tonight and said actually pretty clean like what what were your thoughts on it like you said, clean. I loved, and I, I believe you and I discussed discuss this uh, off air too. Like essentially, the 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 NorCal patch was really is really slick. Like I overall, the jersey design is just really clean. Like and I mean, I I I love it. Like you know. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I mean. I think one. You. You bring up the. It's a. It's a little bit of a different color panel of the NorCal patch than the uh, original Stadium Series variant, but you know it takes the Pacific teal and it makes it the primary color of the NorCal patch. Of course, it's still got NorCal, which you know I'm I'm a Bay Area native, so that's that's what I call home. 
and and you know it's a jersey in which we can have a lot of pride because that's the original Finn logo from back in the day that's been you know kind of updated to this next wave or whatever they're calling this evolution of jersey but you know I think it's a it's a good homage to past eras but also unique in its own way that makes it um up to date right because we look we all love uh cartoon shark we all love shark chew you know Mm -hmm. but those were very specific eras like 90s and 2000s and and those logos look like they're from those eras and you know it's nice to have a little bit of an update and a little bit of a refresh and you know when you have a dog garbage team i guess new threads is all we got to look for yeah and by the way these are the uh new cali finn jerseys so that's i guess that's what we're branding them but um yeah no these are such clean jerseys and obviously it's Unfortunate the sharks had to uh, lose in them, but before we b- before we start calling these the cursed jerseys, these are not cursed. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that it's unveiled during an era of mediocrity in this franchise. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it should take away from the aesthetic design of the jersey yeah. and, itself. And I feel like. Over the years, obviously, like we've, I've noticed there have been a contingent of fans who've been like, okay, we lose in like a black jersey, like for example, like whether whether it's stealth or black armor, it's like, oh, these jerseys are cursed, and I'm, and I believe Ian has, you know, fired back on it too, where it's just like, are they really cursed, or it's just, or or are they like, do they just lose in those jerseys because they're not really having a good game, or they're not that great of a team you know and, just... and now i will say this it is it is a self a self-fulfilling cycle because <laughs> i will tell you that uh, most athletes are pretty um superstitious fellows and so i think Fair. when you have like an unveiling of a jersey and you know let's say the first 10 games they probably of the new in the new threads they probably don't think anything of it it's like another game right but then mm-hmm. when people start to tell them oh did you guys know you're 10 and 0 in this jersey or do you know that you're 0 and 8 in this jersey or whatever then you get this like mental you, you know, then the players start thinking mentally like, oh, okay, is there really like, is it the chicken or the egg? And then you start to create that doubt and then it's the self-fulfilling mm. prophecy. So yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that. It's <laughs> yeah, no, it's from that standpoint, I get it. But it's like, I think, you know, you get what I'm saying though. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not the Jersey. It's no, no, how it's how you're playing. It's, 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 right. it's how you play. It's how you prepare. It's, it's how, right. it's how in which you, you learn your systems. And right. look, I mean, wh- where the team is right now, we just got off a half hour diatribe about <laughs> not seeing any differences in systems and being like, right. okay, you know, where's the growth here? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. that being said, pretty cool. And I think my only overall, uh, critique would be uh, a little bit of a font adjustment sizing wise. I think it's a little cramped with the teal waist stripe and the two white uh, opposing stripes and then having the lettering and the numbering like super close. That would be my only 
slight critique, but other than that, the 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 logo design is gorgeous. The the NorCal patch gives me a lot of pride, being a you know a, a Mountain View native, and um, you know something in which you know you can wear out in, in in San Jose and be like, yeah, this is you know this is this is our team. This is we're repping our you know our our home territory now. Uh, we won't get into the socioeconomic political uh, undertones of wearing shirts gear out in San Jose because Lord knows that's also a loaded topic too. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just like you if when you wear it and you see a NorCal hockey uh, logo, I think yeah. for me it brings a lot of pride because this is. Uh, a franchise this is a sport that's not native to our area and and we've really um you know it really has found a home in the in in northern california and in part of the fabric of sports here so again good job organization we like the threads um gives us something to look forward to um and i mean coinciding it with the the lunar new year holiday um and i know you you celebrate uh, felix so um happy yeah. lunar new year For sure. um, thank you but as an asian american i mean i just i love the fact that the sharks go out of their way to try to include everybody whether it's diwali night or mexican heritage night or asian american night or um lunar new year or what chinese new year you know they we have a really good record of of inclusiveness and um i would i'd love to hear your thoughts on on the the festivities and the pregame yeah, you know yeah. and, and what that made you feel Absolutely no. I think, and to be fair, it's not just the Sharks. I've, I've noticed a certain other, you know, some other certain teams have been also um, uh, doing lunar New Year celebrations. Um, and honestly, that's really really cool. Like, I mean, look, this you and I know uh, this sports roots, and to see how far it has come is just super heartwarming for me. And you know, and <clears throat> during. Like the intermissions, they were uh, uh, cutting away. They were, they were cutting to like the uh, um, the lion dance and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like you wouldn't see this stuff like you know 20 years ago. <laughs> like, and it's just like to see where you know this stuff has come, whether or how far it has come. You know, whether it's the a mariachi band playing like at you know at ice level or you know the lion dance or whatever. It's it you know it just speaks to the growth of the game and that, you know, at least like we as fans, we try to, and especially the players and like the individual organizations, we've all collectively had a hand in making everyone feel comfortable regardless of your cultural identity, sexual orientation, race, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like if you can stop the puck, if you can, you know, play hockey, if you can, do any of that what the hell does it matter what you look like exactly you know like i absolutely love the boat you know and that's i think that's the beautiful thing about sports in general it's the great Mm -hmm. equalizer right it's it it, it's the level playing it's the level playing field literally Mm -hmm. so no awesome and and really appreciate really appreciate your thoughts on it and i think i I couldn't have put it better i mean you know the, the sharks do a bang up job like we said and like you said, I mean, 20 years ago, um, hockey was as white as mashed potatoes. So, um, yeah, no, that's, you know, I, that's a perfectly apt way of describing it. Like, yeah, yeah, 
so you know again good to, good to see an injection of of uh of thai spices and and uh you know of uh of laotian spices and and <laughs> vietnamese spices in a right. in a potato souffle or something i don't know but right. anyhow don't, don't forget the uh Citron spices there you go right <laughs> but, yeah. but oh it's awesome and and again great to see by the organization and and great job um Great job, business ops and and uh, hockey ops side. Um, you, you guys do us proud, and 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 um, you know our sharks do a great job of of representing us as a as a community. So thank you again on that one. Well, Felix, I think we're getting to that point. Um, let's uh, let's roll with the in case you missed, and we'll get the final thoughts after that. All right. Sounds good. In case you missed it, and you want to catch us again, check out Teal Town USA everywhere. You find podcatchers, that being on the pod, uh, the Apple Podcast Store, Google Play Store, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Odyssey, of course, all of that and more at tealtownusa.com. And, of course, when you're on that YouTube page, like and subscribe. Hit the bell to be notified after we go live. Of course, if you're a long-timer, you know we go live after every single one of these. We don't know why we do it either, but... Hey, <laughs> we're here for you and come commiserate with us uh, because everybody's welcome here. Um, Felix, let's uh, let's get your final thoughts on where the people can find you. My final thoughts are um, I would really love to see more consistency out of this team, like overall, like and I would love to see more consistency in execution, effort, all of it. And, you know, they're. They, as we've said before, they are, they can bring the offense. It's just the defense that really, really needs to be shored up. The defensive efforts, you know, and let's, you know, let's start playing like, and obviously, you know, celebrate. Let's play. So let's play a little bit more Coyote style and a little <laughs> less freewheeling Minnesota Wild of the Bruce Buzo right. era. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as far as where everybody can find me, um, I am at Felix Talks Puck on uh, the Twitter machine. And, um, you know, I talk a lot about growing in the game. I talk a lot about, like, how far this game has come and just how much I admire the speed, the skill of this game. And in my opinion, yes, there this this sport is going through somewhat of a crossroads, um, in my opinion, where it's you have... Um, and it's been going to be a bit of a long, uh, I guess, vent or if you will, but like, um, you were you were basically seeing two sides sort of like push back on each other. You're you're seeing a new generation of fans wanting a lot of skill and a basically an older generation that's more of the, you know, drop the mitts kind of uh, approach. And while I understand that, I feel like this this game that we love so much needs to kind of start to figure out where they want where it wants to fall right now and i think that is a huge challenge um but aside from that i really enjoyed like where this where our sport is going you know when it comes to the skills you know the obviously you have the the austin matthews the connor davids and now connor bedard um I only see if the if it, if this sport can figure its shit out on some of the more toxic elements and some of the more uh, controversial things, 
I think there there's only good things to come. Hey, you know what? I think that's a great way to end it. And, you know, as far as my final thoughts go, I mean, he, he pretty much sums it up, folks. I mean, you, you got to have both evolution, but you also have to have a respect for the history of the game. And you have to you have to marry those things um, in a way in which you can uh, in way in which you can evolve the game for new fans and bring new fans in, but also not alienate your base that you have. And again, that's a fine line to walk. I think the NHL sometimes skews a little too much to the conservative side. But again, we with things like tonight and, and, and just the, the hockey for all and, and the different campaigns and even you know, the, the half attempts, at least it's something. You know, at least it's pointing us in the right direction. So as far as that goes, I think I appreciate that and, and, you know, just appreciate, you know, things, things kind of take, take baby steps and look, sports is our safe haven. And, you know, really we, we, our hearts and and thoughts go out to all those affected in in tragic events happening around sports. It shouldn't happen. It's not okay. And, and this is our safe place and we need to keep it that way. And we need to make it safe for, for people to celebrate and express themselves when, when, you know, great sports events happen. So as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name, E-R-I-K, and my last name, L-A-N-D-I, across all the social media garbage. And uh, for everybody here at Teal Town USA, we really appreciate you uh, viewing us and uh, spending some time in the chat. And hopefully you'll you'll listen to us on, on the podcatcher too. So uh, from all of us, keep it real, keep it teal, and keep it real teal. And we'll catch you after the next game. Have a great one.